Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I hope everyone has been having a great last couple weeks. You know, everything has been going good here. I've got possibly some changes coming up that I'll talk about in a later episode. Yeah, everything's been not too bad. Uh, This week's topic, as you saw by the title, has a little bit to do with depression, and that's been something I've been personally fighting a little bit of. So this has been a good episode to talk about. But first, Steph DePardo, who was on the show a while back, has become a moderator of a new group, and it's put out by WebMD, and it's the Ankylosing Spondylitis Community Group on Facebook, put out by WebMD. So, Steph, congratulations. And for everybody, I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes. Jump out there and check it out and, and join up, and I hope you find some benefit from it. So, I was looking around at some articles these last couple of weeks about well-being, depression, and how to deal with it, how to adjust. And I kind of came up with, oh, you know, this one that I saw that was from the NASS. I have a link to it, but some of it hit home pretty well. And it goes on to talk about axial spondyloarthritis is like having a lifetime partner. They say it's a lifetime partner that doesn't care about you, doesn't care about your feelings, your thoughts, your well-being. It's like having a partner that's just going to do what they're going to do. And you have to adapt around it. Doesn't mean you have to accept it. You just have to adapt around it. And I thought that was really a good way to look at it. It goes on to say, it's not one that anyone would choose. So it's natural to battle against it at first. Your first line of defense is often to pretend it's not there, to carry on life as normal. And this can work for a while. And after a time with the diagnosis and treatment, it's possible to develop a positive approach to managing your axial spondyloarthritis. You know, like learning to exercise, doing stretching, maybe it's doing yoga, like through the Yoga for AS page. That's a great spot to start and connect with people that are also dealing with AS. Finding maybe medications that work for you, that can take a while because it might not be the first biologic you try. It might be the second, third, or fourth one if those work for you. So it's not this disease where you can say, these are the things that are going to work. This is what's going to fix it. Take this and you'll be on your way. No, it's very much a trial and error. And again, as I've said in past episodes, we're all kind of heading along to the same destination, but the path we take there is going to be different for all of us. So what is the impact of axial spondyloarthritis to somebody? Well, that, that can be all over the place. It can seep into all aspects of your life. It can affect you internally, like how you think and feel about yourself and the world. And it can affect you externally, like your work, relationships, leisure activities. It can cause enormous challenges and losses, but you can grow, developing resilience, wisdom, and often a great sense of humor. People vary as to how well they cope, but there are certain themes that emerge. I can certainly, certainly understand this. It's taken me many years to accept what I can and can't do, to come to grips with what I can and can't do. doesn't mean I like it. I absolutely despise it, but I don't blame myself anymore. I had no choice in in picking this. It it just is. And so 
well, I dislike what happens and dislikes what I can't do, I no longer take the blame for that. It just is. And that's made a huge change for me. In younger years, when you're looking at the impact of this in your early years, you can feel robbed of your life. You might have had the ability to socialize without fear of pain and fatigue, play sports, or even develop a career that is of your choice. This can lead to a sense of anger, which in some cases may lead to depression, and it's often compounded by a sense of fear and uncertainty about the future. It is terrible. I've told many that I was developed this when I was very young, diagnosed by 14, and everything I had planned to do, the doors got shut. So I had to rethink. Then what I wanted to do, those doors got shut. So I had to keep evolving, keep putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward. And that doesn't mean I haven't made a lot of bad choices. I have. I've been a very difficult person at times to get along with, to deal with. It's affected my attitude at times. So, you know, I've been where everybody says they might be at, are going at, are trying not to go at. I've probably dealt with all those emotions at one point. Um, it's cost me relationships. It's cost me friends. It's cost me jobs. So when I say some of this, it's coming from a place of empathy that I've been there and I understand. I also see there may be some concerns about forming relationships and then about managing, you know, with young children, being a parent. It can be difficult to cope with the exhaustion from a young child when you're fully healthy. But to throw AS in there can just seem completely overwhelming. And I do see some parents uh, talk about developing a sense of guilt about not being able to, you know, manage the children that they way they think they should. You know, whether it be physically like lifting, playing, roughhousing, whatever it might be, and just the physical exhaustion of keeping up with them. So this can be what I've told folks is that when you do that, kids are incredibly resilient. And whatever the normal is around the house is the normal to them. They really won't know that that's not normal. They'll get a sense of it as they get older, but it won't be some impact. So if you can't do something with them, do the best of what you can do. Come up with new games. I used to take my kids grocery shopping with me, and I would come up with games, and I would give them each a product to go find. They thought it was a blast. They were, And it was always in the same aisle so I could see them. But they would go running and find this and find that. And they thought it was a blast. And they would help me carry the groceries in. And now that was when they were younger. By the time they were teenagers, they were like, Dad, you're on your own. But when they were younger, that was their normal. That was exactly what they not only wanted to do, but were happy to do because they were just with me. They were just hanging out. So the normal for your kids is going to be whatever you make it to be. And they won't be missing out on anything as long as you're spending time with them. And that's something that I unfortunately can look back now and talk about. But I gave up a lot of valuable time with my kids that I can never get back for a lot of dumb reasons. And so if you have young children, enjoy it. Even if it's just sitting there with them, talking to them, playing a game. Those are all simple things that won't take a lot of energy from you. Just enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to be super parent. You just have to be super present for them. I hope that makes sense. So your kids will adjust just fine. Trust me, as long as you're there with them, they're not missing out. That's all that they want is you to be there with them. The sense of loss 
is really your thought process of what you think you're losing out on. But there's virtually very little negative impact to the kids as long as they have you to, to interact with. There can be an impact on working. While many are able to continue with their original employment routes, there are many of us, like myself, who have had to change or adapt their work, and some have to stop or take time out. You know, I talk about I was out on disability for three years. I've since returned to the workforce. I'm finding it very, very difficult to continue to work under the conditions I am working now. It's, it's just been an amazingly uh, difficult challenge for me that I didn't realize how much it was taking out of me before. So will I keep working? Yes. Will there be some changes coming up? Probably. So we'll see how that affects me and, and how it goes forward. But you might be able to talk to your employer. They may be able to make some changes. But, you know, take it slow, test the waters, and see what says. Many employers are not under the willingness to make much in a way of accommodations. I guess that's the best way to put it. There's also an impact on relationships. Relationships can suffer with partners often at a loss to know how to cope with, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Grumpy who walks through the door in the evening. They don't understand what it's taken in the amount of energy for somebody to just put a good face on to get through eight hours at work. Then if you put a commute both ways on top of it, by the time you get home, you're exhausted. And that doesn't mean you can take out your frustrations on your partner, but it does mean that hopefully your partner can understand why you might just need a few minutes to relax, to compose yourself before you start saying, how was your day? How was this? How was that? I know for me, when I would come home to people at the house, getting hit with a bunch of questions right off the bat walking in the door was something that I absolutely hated. But give me five minutes just to set everything down, decompress, then you could hit me with anything and I would be fine. Another area that uh, really can suffer a lot is intimacy. And I've done a number of episodes on this topic to really some great degrees. But intimate relationships are about close companionship and shared experiences expressed within a physical relationship, the author says. So difficulties with sexual activity may occur due to a number of reasons, including the side effects of medication, pain through contact, fear of contact, tiredness, and restricted uh, movements. So if your partner doesn't understand that, that can be a big challenge. And I would always say that this is probably the one spot where you have to try as best you can to let them know that you're not rejecting them for them, that you're letting them know you're in pain because of AS or what's going on. But that's the one spot where I always tell folks I would think you want to tread the most carefully so that your partner doesn't think that they're being rejected. From being that feeling put upon me by a, a partner, I know when she did that, it was one of the most soul-crushing things and was the thing that fractured the marriage the fastest. So that's the one spot where I would say tread lightly. You know, a cycle can develop where it's difficult to reconnect physically after a hiatus in a sexual relationship. One person may feel responsible and guilt gets in the way of any passion. So again, this is an area where you want to listen to some of the episodes I did. It's not all about just the physical act of sex. It can be the lead up to it. It could be the method that you and your partner choose to engage in sexual activity. There's all sorts of different ways 
So just use your mind. Talk to your partner about it. Talk to them about what they think intimacy is, what they are accepting of, what they might um, be open to trying that you might be open to trying. Talk. That's the best thing I'd say is talk. Sit down and have a conversation when you have the ability to do it. And as other podcasters that are in this field say, don't have this conversation in the bedroom. Have it, you know, if it's just you and your partner, have it at the table. Have it when you go out for a, a drink for the night or anywhere, but don't have it in the bedroom. Don't tie any negative thoughts or as little negativity to that room as you can. So as I said, talking with each other about this may feel difficult, but sharing your innermost feelings is a form of intimacy, even if you are unable to connect physically, and this can help strengthen the relationship. Another thing is a social life. We as humans are social animals, but not everyone with axial spondyloarthritis feels able to um, be sociable when they might be expected to. You have friends that want to go out and do certain things, and you're too tired, you're in too much pain, you don't want to, and they don't understand. And maybe eventually they quit calling and quit asking because more times than not, you can't do it. So there are some times when maybe you might not be feeling like it if you're younger and you're not up to it. Try. Don't go out for five or six hours. Go out for an hour. Visit with your friends. Visit with somebody. And you don't have to stay out all night. Stay out for an hour or two. Come home. That way, you've still kind of connected and kept that bond going, even though it's at a much shorter duration than you might have done if you didn't feel bad. There's there's no amount of duration that's needed. It's just the connections and keeping those alive. You know, and this may be due to having some physical restrictions in ordinary communication as you talk to them and they don't understand. You know, there's things like if you can't turn your head side to side, it's difficult to follow conversations in a group setting. They may not understand that. It might be something where they go, why are you not looking at me? I'm talking to you. Well, that's where you might explain, I can't turn my neck very well, or I have to turn this way, or sitting that way hurts. It's really all about letting them know, and maybe they'll make accommodations to better communicate with you. Maybe you can switch to a spot that allows you to better communicate with the group. Either way, try it, see what happens. You can always you know, fall back on, on staying home later on, but see, try to keep those relationships intact if you can. It can also uh, be because of we lack confidence or poor self-image due to physical changes. You know, as many know, I walk with a cane. I'm hunched over. I get very self-conscious when I go out in public. I don't think people are looking at me, but, you know, you just never know. And that's maybe a little bit um, like who would really care. Everybody else has got their own issues they're dealing with. So that's really more of an issue in my mind maybe than others. But it is something that crosses my mind. And finally, you find some acceptance. That doesn't mean you have to like it. doesn't mean you have to think it's deserving. But if you can find some acceptance of your experiences with axial spondyloarthritis, uh, from being at war with a part of yourself to recognizing that you are a whole person and putting that war over where it's just you and what you can and can't do, that acceptance can lead to some inner peace and can lead to better relationships with the people around you because you're no longer fighting yourself. You're no longer fighting a battle that nobody can see, but they all get collateral damage from. And so that's something that I hope 
as you move through the stages of AS and you can come to some type of an acceptance with it at some point. Could happen soon for you, could take a long time. I took probably 35 years to come to a full acceptance of it. It just, everybody's going to be different. Incorporating this way of thinking into your life takes time and patience and practice. This may mean paying attention to your emotional and psychological needs, and for some that will involve acknowledging a struggle for which you may need professional help. So if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Don't try to tackle it all on your own if you're not um, comfortable doing that. Make sure that you get some professional help so that you can try to come to some level of acceptance. So with that said, if you're dealing with stress, if you're dealing with anxiety, reach out to somebody, whoever you can reach out to that can talk with you and help to work through whatever it is that you're dealing with, whoever you feel comfortable talking to, reach out. There's those of us that are all dealing with AS. Reach out to any of us. We'll be happy to speak with you. So with that, I hope you all go and read the article. It's been a pleasure spending some time with you, and I hope everybody has a wonderful day.